Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tadaima Terrace House Podcast, your weekly companion to your favorite show on Netflix. I am Robert Scarponito, and I am joined here by Daily Wilhelm. Konbanwa. Jack Cepeda. Irishaimase. And Colin Sparling. Why doesn't air conditioning exist in Seattle? I mean, it does in the stores. <laughs> I have air conditioning. You, got, you don't what? have air conditioning? You, wait, you have fucking air conditioning? You bougie Capitol <laughs> Hill motherfucker. Are you fucking serious? You're like the only person I know that lives here that has air conditioning. <laughs> you don't have air building. conditioning in your guys' place? No. Mm-hmm. Most really? Not don't. even like the window units? Yeah, you got the window nope. unit, right? No. Nope. No. We've got like, Whoa. I mean, we've got little fans you can put in the window, but not like a full on AC unit. Okay. Not like, not with like, that makes the air actually colder, just moves the air. Yeah, yeah. so Holy I would just crap. like our. I would just like our lovely Tadaima listeners to know that we close our windows, we shut our doors, we sit here and sweat our asses off for you guys because we nice. want you guys to have the best quality recording we can possibly give you. And we fail tremendously some days, but <laughs> we and I'm, you so, I'm so the glad. Effort. I'm so glad, Colin, that the thing you want all of our lovely listeners to think about <laughs> is our sweaty asses of like <laughs> all things. So, how hot does it get there? It it like it doesn't get like crazy hot. It's just um, like depending on where you are, it just there's not a whole lot of air movement. Some places there is, some places there isn't. Um, it, and it's, it's just, just like a good like seventy degrees today, right? It's pushing yeah. eighty. Yeah. It, it's pushing eighty today. Um, mm. But I don't know. You sit here and still and still air with the sun beating down on your not very well insulated apartment, and you're gonna feel it. Interesting. Mm. And not also, hot. you know, next to our rigs that produce a lot oh, of heat, generate heat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's most of it because I my laptop for some reason anytime we record these shows my laptop's just like hi i'm dying please help no if our air condition here goes out like it's considered an emergency and like you need to call somebody right away yeah yeah see texas is on another level like i can't really bitch about (laughs) you it's like an emergency like they will like come out even if it's like you know a holiday or anything 24 7 they'll come out to fix their ace up so but yeah today on tadaima we're gonna talk about the last final house couple that we didn't really get to talk about yet. Uh, we're going to focus in on Maya and Kaito for today. Um, we watched all of their new member interviews and their exit interviews. If you want to take a pause real quick and check them out, links are down below. Uh, translated again by the lovely folks at Costco Subs. Now that you're back, hello, welcome, hi. Let's talk about Maya and Kaito, y'all. Yeah, speaking of steamy and sweaty, but not really. Not that's really. The thing, not really. That's yeah. the the biggest thing with these guys is especially in like the second half of OND, like well when they're both on the show, it hits a point where we n- never see either of them on screen hardly at all. I mean Maya quite a bit more than Kaito, I would say, because we we get into the whole sock incident thing. But tor- especially towards the end, like Kaito is almost nowhere to be found. He's busy yeah. designing his own, you know, playing Mario Maker with uh, mm-hmm. uh, skate parks and, you know, working on his craft for the Olympics. Like, he's got his own thing going. And, man, he's all the better for it, too, because he missed out on the best stuff to miss out on if you had to live at Terrace House. I feel like that stupid sock incident argument. Well, I mean, he doesn't come off as the kind of person who thrives off that kind of drama. I have a feeling that the entire time he was in that house, he hated how that sock incident and all of that drama hung heavy in the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely didn't want any part of it. And I think that's why he kept himself pretty low-key at the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the one time that he, like, interfered that we saw in... And that wasn't even in the main show. That was in a Lost Tapes. 
the the last time that we talked like when he actually was like hey Risiko Yui you guys need to be better to Maya she feels like left out and everything and then he was just kind of like as soon as the waterworks started he was like well I'm out. I'm, I'm just going I'm, I'm to yeet myself just like dancing out the door. See ya. And that's See ya. honestly Finger guns. the tactic to take. Just stay out of it, I guess. He yeah, probably and- had the least problematic stay at Tara's house. And you see this happen again, too. We'll touch on this later on the episode, but there was another lost tape where he, like, the conversation of the sock incident was coming up, and he was just like, peace out. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm leaving. I'm going upstairs. Just like, like, he obviously... Good move, dude. Good He move. honestly... Yeah, he obviously knew, but he's just like, yeah, I don't want to get involved with this. No. It was, But it was very obvious in, in, in that specific uh, clip that he was emotionally exhausted about the whole mm. thing. Yeah. Um, Same, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Like you know, I, I realized when I was uh, trying to recount to myself what was the sock incident, what were all of the little events leading up to it, I kind of stopped caring. I didn't want to keep track anymore because it was a lot of he said, she said, they hate each other, but now they're turning around, and now they hate these different people, and it's it was just so complex, too complex for its own good, over some fucking socks and hypocrisy, yeah, and. All I'm saying is, y'all, if you've got friendships like that, duck out. They're yeah, better I, people in your city. Yeah, I mean, it's... it was just so juvenile. It was just so grating to, like, this is what we're reduced to now with Terrace House. This is what we have to talk about. This stupid high school bullshit. Like, who cares? Yeah, and it was I've, never seen a group, I've never seen a group of, me- like, housemates so ready to leave the house by the end. Mm-hmm, <laughs> All the were like, yeah, I'm fucking but... done. Yeah, That's why they didn't show any hugs, because there weren't no hugs, probably. No, Right. Well, let's focus this back in on uh, Kaito and Maya. So, with Kaito's interviews, I think the one thing that becomes most apparent in both when he before he joins and after he leaves is he is still a skater boy. One billion percent. <laughs> That's all he it's wants so, to do. Gosh. Like, there was, like, I thought I was watching the same thing again. Like, I yeah. had to check the link because at the beginning, it was, like, different locations, same Kaido, same dream of skateboarding and trying exactly. to get to the top of that on an mm-hmm. international stage. And it's, like, mm-hmm. good for him for, like, not having Focus. that waiver at all. And if anything, just having his time reaffirm his dedication toward that goal. Yeah, even when he said, see you later, boy, he was still a skater boy. And that's what you have nice. to do if you're going to be an Olympic caliber athlete. You have to mm. live, breathe, eat, sleep, die this stuff, you know, or else you're never even going to make it past Olympic you, trials. You have to well, die? Don't, don't die that stuff. At least not before Probably you get to the Olympics. Not. Yeah. Hopefully don't <laughs> I, die. Die to yourself. I think what's missing for Kaito to really become a professional is he just needs more fisheye lens videos. Mm. Mm. I mean, he's working on them, right? He's working on them. Right? <laughs> that's yeah. true. I did see a cool, you know, update on Kaito. I did see a cool thing that, you know, some of his dreams on social media, by the way, that's on his Instagram, are being realized where he is in America now. And he is doing, like, interviews and, like, high-profile um, kind of media coverage with him with some pretty recognizable skateboard brands. I won't say any of them now because they don't sponsor us, but you get the idea. Like, he's moving forward, but they you could. know? He's, yeah, he's that's doing things. <laughs> they could, yeah. But he's Tony doing Hawk's things. Us, please. He's he's making moves and you know, kudos to him for that. So he's yeah, really focused. I, and, and and so many times I see this where people they their priorities get shifted into onto relationships and it does stray them from the path of whatever they were hoping to achieve. Definitely. And so I, I'm glad I, to see that's not the case here. I think he's in LA, right? Because he said it during the closing interview that 
he was going to be traveling to LA or, or did he say it during the opening interview? He well, always says I, he goes to LA a lot. Yeah, right, he, goes there, he, well, he mentioned Canada specifically too. he was going to be here be there until uh May, I think of this year. Mhm. So yeah, he still so might he, be there. Well, yeah, very shortly, not much more longer though. No. Um that is if he's sticking to that uh plan cuz consider mm-hmm. that the, these interviews happened about 5 months ago from now, maybe 6 months ago almost. And a right. lot can change in half a year. Hey Kaito, come uh come hang out with us. Kaito yeah. in yeah. America, not it's, that far from Seattle. Yeah. It's really interesting though that you said Jack that like you know relationships can get in the way and people can you know change their priorities because of that. And I think that the way like he and Maya handled like their relationship and their own goals was the most mature out of almost anyone on the show even though like especially when watching Kaito's like intro interview and just like those first couple episodes I was like this is a child this is a baby that can't help but look into the camera several times and he holds his glasses like a baby bottle when he drinks from he does yeah I remember that um and I thought that he was going to stir up trouble by being like maybe inconsiderate like you die or by being like naive like a number of other people but he kind of kept from being problematic and just did his thing and kept with his goals and smiled a lot (laughs) he just kind of did his thing i you know and i think it's kind of reflecting in the editing of the show but uh i don't I don't think he ended up being as entertaining as the producers had hoped, you know, because like he mm. just ends up not getting much screen time. I mean, the Maya, the Maya and Kaito thing happens, but otherwise, I mean, he was just kind of doing a skate thing and then that's kind of it. You know, I don't think they got much uh, in terms of, uh, I don't know how you would say it. I mean, well, drama, I guess, is one way to put it. Yeah. I mean, he was more active, I feel like, in the beginning of his tenure in the house. And so I was definitely entertained almost any time he was doing something with someone. Like when going to the grocery store, going skating, high-fiving the baby, um, you going on various excursions. I was always entertained. He seemed like a really cool, just like fun-loving guy. Going to the... uh, the, the stunt trick, museum trick or whatever museum? it was called. Yeah. Trick museum, yeah. That right, was super right, right. fun. Like, So he's got highlights there. And again, it just tapered off. It got overshadowed by all the drama going on in the house. And I think he was like, That's true. pretty much genius to like kind of skirt that, right? He kind of like Neo in the Matrix. Like, oh, oh yeah, drama and, coming well, out. And it came down. Yeah, I mean, the, I think yeah, the biggest thing, too, it. is like yeah. pursuing... <laughs> pursuing a professional career in skateboarding he was able to keep his reputation clean right like he oh, kept yeah. himself clean yeah he is he came away the cleanest i think yeah good point at the exactly end the and and you cannot say the same about you or a couple others you know really anyone, anyone on else. that show yeah because yeah. even masao who wasn't that involved in the soccer he was you know uh ten- tangentially but he even has you know a bit of a a, a tarn tarnish to him yeah, it's just a different kind of tarnish. What it's not. Tarnish? It's an unsock related tarnish. An unsock related tarnish. It's so more about what, the way he gets obsessed with people. Yeah. So to come back to Kaito and Maya here, was anyone else surprised at how much it was revealed that they fought in these uh, entrance yes. and exit interviews? Because I was. I wasn't that surprised. So uh, yeah, something that's always boggled me about the relationship is. It always felt like, and I know this is going to contradict what I think Maya said in her ex interview, but it always felt like a relationship of convenience because it's kind of like they're both there 
they don't really have much in common, but they're both there. <clears throat> so let's just be together. And she took, like, she went out of her way to say, no, this is not just a relationship out of convenience, right? So you're calling BS yeah. on that. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying BS. It's just I think that if if they had other options... I'm just saying I don't think they would be pseudo together because keep in mind by the time this show ended they did not DTR they did not define the relationship mm-hmm. they're just yeah, they left it wide open just together. a general lack of enthusiasm I felt like they just kind of felt like they were they were good friends that sometimes make out yeah well yep. Robert do you you still stick to the theory that you think they hooked up via Tetris Bang 2 oh 100% yeah so so I don't know. I mean, the show doesn't expressly state that, but that's kind of a thing if they're just hooking up and then go their separate ways too. Yeah. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's totally fine. No. You know, uh, I don't mm-hmm. want to slut shame or anything like that, or especially not <laughs> kink shame. But um, I just I don't know. I didn't. I don't really get the sense that they're there. There's a fiery passion for each other. You know, no. they're just. They're I just mean, there. they fought. No. I I didn't see fighting. I didn't get any inkling of fighting until really these interviews. I was like, oh, they fight, and and now that I. You know, know more about Maya. Like she seems kind of scary to me now, a little bit. Like she seems like a hard ass. Like she comes down on Kaido. Like that's not very manly. Hey, cook for me. Yeah. Like all this. She seems real bossy, kind of like. Mm. And See, I'm okay. just like, ooh. I I think that's what it mostly is. Honestly, is it's not that those two were destined to fight. I just think Maya is destined to fight who or whatever she dates. She's confrontational at the yeah. least. Yes. Definitely. Like, I it, It's very clear that, uh, from other members in the house, too, that Maya just doesn't get along very easily with mm-hmm. people. I think she, of all the people we've seen on Terrace House, she is totally one of those people that would, like, if you were dating her, you guys argue about something little, like, oh, I thought you were going to do the dishes this morning. Well, I didn't have time. And they're like, okay, well, why don't you find the time now? And then it ends with them, like, making out. Yes, I 100% believe I know, in that. it seems unhealthy, yeah. Because it's, it's less about it being, maybe that is unhealthy, but like, I feel like she's less like, oh, I'm going to like hold this grudge forever. And she's more like, yeah, people fight all the time. Whereas the opposite is Yui, who will hang on to any small slight for ages and ages whereas Maya's like okay yeah we we hashed it out okay cool yeah like, I'm never whatever. gonna bring it up again um I certainly think though that after they left the house Maya and Kaito did not keep this relationship up I mean we've heard inklings that Maya be, might be with someone else now I definitely think they kept it up just because they were living together and they saw each other all the time and the whole proximity thing I definitely think holds true I think that they kept up the relationship because of that, despite it being just emotionally exhausting, especially for Kaito. To circle back to the previous point made, too, I, I feel like Maya... Okay, so she's they're in a situation where the relationship with the girls is kind of toxic in the house, and Maya's sleeping on the couch now fairly regularly, right? Mm-hmm. So that, to me, I, I don't know if Maya would have been the person to say, hey, girls, we need to have a talk. I'm upset about this, X, Y, Z. I feel like she would have just let, sat there and let it stew, and just and it, it clearly she already did like obviously she's not talking things out before it gets to that point but it's already like to the past the point where she doesn't even feel comfortable sleeping in the same room as them so i wonder if she's like one of these people that like holds on to her feelings maybe in a different way a different unhealthy way than yui 
just curious what you guys think. If mm. if I had to guess, because uh, Maya herself has said this, she gets along a lot better with guys than girls. Yep, she has yeah, a lot of did. guy friends. I think maybe that's part of her not getting along with girls is that she doesn't feel like she can be herself. Being herself meaning, I will call out any and all bullshit right there. I do not hold anything in, right? Mm. Maybe mm. she can do that very easily with guys because she feels more comfortable around them. But when it comes to girls, she doesn't. Ergo, she lets it stew. Maybe you guys, that's a good point. Maybe you guys have run into people like this and maybe you guys might be people like this. But I seem to remember now, you know, in my high school, college years and stuff, I would run into people where they would say that exact same thing. They'd say, you know, I don't get along with people of that you know, I don't get along with other girls or I don't get along with other guys, etc. And to me, that always seemed kind of like a weird, I don't want to say red flag, but maybe a yellow flag. Like what's going on there to where you can't have relationships with people unless there might be some potential like weird sexual tension there? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I mean, have you have you guys run into anyone like that before in the past or are you that person? Um yeah, I I remember specifically I had a friend and uh, high school who was definitely like a girl who didn't really care as much to hang out with other girls who definitely hung around the guys a lot um and I, it was one of those things where she was very she was honestly a lot like Maya like Maya kind of reminds me of her a lot and that she was very blunt uh she would always speak her mind she would say things that just completely off the cuff that without even thinking about them but would very much hurt other people's feelings you know but to her it wasn't really a big deal uh so in that way right like i think that she hung out with guys because they were just a little less sensitive yeah i Mm. i definitely have known some people that are like i'm not like other girls and it's Mm. like what do you think other girls are like then what does that imply that like everyone's like waiting to get their feelings hurt no usually (laughs) it's that you don't have a lot of tact in certain situations and then you get offended when other people get upset because you said something hurtful yeah, and then you I, don't apologize, and then right. it's a whole thing. It's a whole yeah, I just, effect, yeah. I don't understand people who ascribe any blame of any social interaction to a social group someone belongs to. Because to mm. say, I won't get along with you because you're a woman, is the same thing as saying, like, I won't get along with you because you wear glasses, or because you're X race, or because you practice X religion. You know, like, those are all huge super, generalizations. Super. Yeah, it's very superficial. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, you're not you're not really learning who they are. Like just to say, nah. I'm looking at you. You're a woman. I'm not gonna get along with you. Let's just not pretend. I'm gonna go f- talk to this guy instead. Like that makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and yet we like, all I think know someone that that fits that oh, description yeah. too. Oh yeah, I definitely what's, do. What's really frustrating to me is that you know we have to go off of a lot of like hearsay and things that were said about like Maya's like oh I don't usually get along with girls a lot or like oh I usually just have a lot of guy friends I wish we would have gotten to see like what is it like when she's just hanging out with the guys I we might have gotten like a few clips of that but the way that I feel like it was described is that like every night Maya's getting home late and then hanging out with the guys in the living room until late late it's like, what is that like? Like, what is that? What is, I guess not what is she getting out of it? But like, I, I wanted to see the real Maya 
not the the tired in the morning Maya or the only in a situation explicitly related to Kaito Maya. Right, or, especially yeah. towards the the end. Like I agree with you, we didn't really see her just hanging out with people too much by the end. It was more so like, hey, she's involved in a situation, like, and she's involved in a talk with someone, or they're talking about something outside herself. Uh, and I, I think some of it even just boils down to like she's just fucking rude. <laughs> like, <laughs> dang, dang, like, well, because I mean, she consistently called Wada like old man, and like, oh uh, yeah, man. bring that up. I hate the, the way she treats the man boobs. Yeah, I hate the way she treats him. She yeah, just trolls d- him left and right. Right, that's what old. I'm saying. So like, that's could be part of why she doesn't get along with the girls. I mean, she didn't she call someone old hag? I mean, she called Rasako old hag, didn't she? I mean, lest we forget. Allegedly. Remember when Masao first introduced himself to her? He was like, oh, I'm in a band. And she's like, oh, really? What band? Have you heard of Gesu no Kiwami? And her first fucking thought is, oh, like a cover band of them. That's cool. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. who the fuck introduces she, themselves that way? I'm in a cover band of Striper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my no, God. It, she, she is just, she just doesn't have any tact. And like, I hate to say this, but like my main takeaway after watching her entrance and her exit interviews now is that I think she's kind of scary. I I don't know if I would yeah I don't know if I would get along with her necessarily with her personality type I think we could have fun and like go out and hang out as friends in a group setting but um I don't think that I'd have much to discuss with her I don't know she's frightening to me I guess is all yeah see that's that's why I'm like that's why she reminds me she's like a more intense version of the friend I was referencing earlier and that's why I was Mm. like yeah she seems like she would make like maybe someone cool to hang out with in a group. Well, so I want to I want to extend but. an olive branch to our understanding of her, okay? Because uh, for one, she is remember that she's a hafu, right? And she's not that a kind of hafu where she was still raised completely in Japan and has completely Japanese sensibilities, right? Mm. She knows how to speak English. English. She's she's lived in Canada for a while. You know, she's been around the world and traveled. So it's hard to say necessarily whether she was raised with fully Japanese ideologies and, mm. you know, cultural cultural sensitivities in her, right? So what if all of this quote-unquote brashness and rudeness is really more just Western ideals living within Eastern ideals? Does that make sense? Like she is more Westernized in how she is more of an individual, speaks up for herself, Whereas now she's living in a country that is more, you know, community and, you know, there's no like the nail that sticks out gets hit with the hammer and all that stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I don't really maybe, buy that. Maybe she is. I don't know yet or not, but I still don't think that gives her license, right, to just be out, outright rude. Yeah, I'm absolutely with Jack on this one. Like, it, she's rude even by Western standards, dude. I, that's, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't, like, Japanese, Western doesn't matter. Like, it, like calling someone names and just like insulting them, even if it's like, I, like it, it comes off as like playful, but not really though. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's the perfect like, storm too, because Yui's the type that needs to like gang up on someone. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Yui needs a gang to attack. <laughs> Is it just like the perfect like, or the you know the worst kind of combination of personalities to have there in terms of the girls? And then Risako just kind of takes everything and cries. <laughs> Right, right. I'm so, I feel so bad for Risiko, though. Seriously. Oh, oh yeah. Risiko got fucked over really Reamed. hard. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's funny you say that, Robert, especially because, like, I feel like that Maya could be on, like, 
an American reality TV show. Definitely. And I mean, she would definitely be one of the more mild members of like, you know, like these crazy shows where like physical fights break out and people are doing nothing but arguing. Um, she, I definitely think she would be more mild, but I could see her there. And that's the thing is that I could never ever see like Yui, Risiko, Ayo, uh, Masao, or even <clears throat> definitely not Soda. Maybe yeah, she, Soda. Maybe Soda would be a wild card there, but I could not, but I could definitely see Maya there. She definitely seems like the Gaudu type to me. Yeah, the Gaudu's type. Yeah. Gaudu. Yeah, but like yeah. it wasn't in the same way like Aya was, because Aya was described as like the Gaudu type, right? It's. Um, it's She's just fashionable. I mean, yeah, she is. Gadu yeah. <laughs> is just like girly, right? Yeah, like, like the long nails and like yeah. um, more like tan costume skin. style jewelry. Yeah, tan skin. Mm. Whereas like that's just Maya's skin color because she's, right, she's Sri Lankan too. Right, Sri Lankan. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, we've, we've been bashing Maya pretty hard here the past couple minutes. So And, and it's like, it, obviously we don't, really actually know her personally yeah. but just based on the information we've been given like she definitely doesn't come off as the most personable that's what i will say i mean I or think personable personable but yeah i think uh, yeah, words i think there's a good uh, there's a chance i think she's maybe being being misrepresented in the show and i really do think a part of it might just be her values as a non-traditional japanese person yeah, and the reason I bring that's, that up is it's a fair point because I don't really know what her values are. I mean, that's right. true, right? We don't really know, but it's really hard to say, right? When you're just seeing them only on reality TV. But the reason I want to hone in on this a lot is because uh, when the show asks her about, oh, why haven't you defined the relationship? You know, why didn't you guys make it official? She comes right out in front and says, "Yeah, I realize that's not a Japanese way of thinking," mm. and. Do you consider the fact that both her and Kaito are maybe one of the more traveled people to have been on Terrace House? Kaito has been pretty consistently going to America. He lived in America, you know, months at a time every year just to practice skateboarding in L.A., right? And Maya has clearly also traveled to the Americas. Like, I think their values in general are a lot less traditional Japanese, ergo why they didn't do anything the quote-unquote usual way of, you know, you start by holding hands, and then you define the relationship, and you confess to each other, and then you kiss. Yeah, and you have to explore the possibility, too, that they might just not have got along that well, because I'm learning, like, they're fighting a lot. Like, there probably was some, like, again, like, some flags along the way, the courtship, the you know, uh, a skew from the normal courtship path. And so maybe they just came in a way, like, hey, you know what? I like kissing you. I think you're pretty, and she, you know, I think you're cute, and that's cool. But like nothing in this relationship is is um, influencing anyone to step away from their primary goals. Clearly, you know. So maybe they just didn't. They just weren't that into each other. But they liked yeah. each other, you know, enough to kiss. So <clears throat> I'm thinking that's more what it was, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like going back to what I said earlier, it was just and like Maya said herself, like it was a uh, it was proximity. You know, mm. that's the thing. Like it, it seemed like they. Even though she says it is, well, no, yeah, yeah, she says, I, yeah, she I don't didn't really say trust herself. her that much either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think she just means well. Doesn't quite know how to express that necessarily. You know, I mean, in this one-on-one -on -one interview, she says stuff like uh, 
she by the by the end of the sock incident she still wanted to be friends with Risiko but was worried that they had like the situation had gone too far mm. there was no way to repair that right but there was at least according to her word good intention to still try and repair the relationship before they leave Terrace house and much in the same way when uh when Maya learned about Io and Yui kissing off camera she was pretty adamant about Yui you have to get out in front of this you need to like speak about it in front of the cameras before it blows up into a big thing which it then did yeah I never think she had any like ill will toward people Mm -hmm. I think there was just personality rubs that happened some friction with that yeah that's what it comes down to a little bit like Natsumi in Boys and Girls in the City and she's so really young too she's got a lot she's got a lot of growing up to do Maya's right and she will you know she's She's still really young she's got a lot of life to live so yeah and yet, right. I'm I'm still thinking like they had a pretty mature relationship. Mm-hmm. Like not just like that they're, they're doing whatever with the Apple watching. I mean, in the fact that like they could very easily talk out whatever they wanted to define the relationship as, or they didn't want to define it as, and were both respectful of each other's goals. And even if they were having those fights, at some point they resolved them. Yeah. They weren't big enough fights. They were just kind of like needling. Seems yeah. like. I mean, she would pierce Kaito, he would say. Like every time she would yeah. say something mean, she just <gasps> oh would keep doing it. Like, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, pushing it's, buttons. It's funny, too, um, because she, I think she saw the issues that would eventually arise in Tara's house coming because in her uh, intro interview, she's like, I hope that it doesn't happen that, you know, just things pile up one on another. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big fight. And Uh-oh. that also speaks to, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like Blow she was, hole. she knew that it, it was coming and that there's very little at that point you can kind of do to stop something like that. Mm. For sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, but we've been talking about a lot about Maya. We should talk about Kaito. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't. Good. I, I wanted to gear toward Kaito. So if you have one last thing about Maya, Jack. No, that was it. I was just going to say, yeah, I'm she with pretty. Kaito. My, yeah, my final thoughts with Maya is that she's kind of scary to me. And my final thoughts on Kaito are that he's a pretty cool dude. He's really fucking chill. Mm. All he wants to do is skateboard. I think he's doing the right thing. And I commend him for picking, you know, doing the right thing in terms of his long-term goals. He needs to get the Olympics. Yeah. He needs to focus on that. It's not the right time for a relationship for him. Um, yeah. You know, so I commend him for that. I, I think he's cool. I don't know if I'd be, like, great close personal friends with him. But at the same time, I don't think I would... I can't see myself not getting along with him either. Yeah. These interviews kind of cemented for me that Kaito is easily one of my favorite people to come out of opening new doors because he's, he is indeed very laid back. He is super chill. You know, he's, he's like a, a lazy boy personified as a person. Like the chair, but (laughs) as a person. He's comfortable. He's a very comfortable person. Kick up your feet while sitting on him <laughs> yes, question mark exactly <laughs> uh but Hot. at the same time you can tell there is this drive this passion this commitment to not just being a pro skateboarder but p- being an olympic level pro skateboarder you know i do um, hope he's training more than two hours a day though because i think that's what he said <laughs> yeah. right he's like man i should probably do this for a couple hours a day like uh bro a little more probably more than that but don't be full time Hey, he seems like though when he really puts his mind to something, he can really get after it. And he mm-hmm. like he's like we said, like he's already traveling all over the place, really putting the work in. Yeah, uh, and he's making moves. He's making moves. 
Yeah, and uh, I would like to also bring to attention, and uh, Robert brought this up when we were watching the interview, but when uh, I was watching the interview with Kaito for his exit interview, he he just seemed very scatterbrained, and that's something Robert brought up, and it's true. Like, he just seems, like, all over the place. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he was, like, talking about Maya one minute, and it's like he couldn't get his thoughts in line about what happened with the whole situation and where he's going from there, really. Yeah, if I had to guess, part of that is just because at this at that point, probably he was in his brain full steam ahead on um, practicing for the Olympics. Like Terrace House is already a thing of the past to him, you know. And so, yeah, I was actually a little confused because I was almost like, wait a minute, the setting? Did they do like the exit interview, like where he and Maya had like kissed? It seemed like on a similar location. He's always on the beach. He's always near some water. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Well, I thought all the, his interviews. I thought the exit interview. Yeah, the exit interview was the same place he did the entrance interview. They just changed the angle. He likes going to the beach. He's a beachy kind Maybe of guy. Maybe it was all the same place. Yeah, I yeah. associate him with the shoreline. <laughs> but I um, just imagine in my head that like Maya was in the background listening. <laughs> oh, whoa. oh, oh, like right yes. then and there, like, hey, don't yeah. move these cameras. It's like, we okay, do let's do our, our exit interviews. Oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> no, I. I, you know what? I think it's ripe as well for him to make a cameo, perhaps, in uh, Tokyo 2019, 2020. We'll oh, see. Yeah. I'll keep my fingers crossed for that. I, I mean, totally we got, Guy, Guy had a, got Guy. a cameo, so we'll yeah. see. Um, I don't know. My last, thing that, my last thing I just want to say about Kaito is I think it's pretty cool how he looks up to Sota and Ayo, both as big brothers. And apparently they would occasionally get drunk, take a bath together. And then continue to get drunk after the bath. Like, that just, <laughs> yeah. that just sounds like a fun night, and I'm so glad that they're all kind of bros about that. It was a beer sandwich filled with bath. Oh, yeah, definitely. We didn't get to see much of them partying, which was kind of... Man, kind of sucks, but. like, I was wondering if there's, like, is there a curfew when the cameras go off? And, like, everyone was just waiting to hang out until then? Who I knows? Mean, I mean, yeah, it seems like some cool shit went down, you know, in that yeah. in that bath. When the cameras weren't around. Now, let me ask <laughs> you this though: Why is that a thing? Is that a Japanese thing? Like, don't drink beers in the bath because that sounds awesome to me. You know, know. they drink oh, and I then don't bath find anything drink. against that, right? Okay, okay, no. okay. Because I'm just saying they made it sound like the way he described it, it made it sound like don't drink in the bath. But I'm glad to hear that. Maybe. I mean, it might no, be against I, the rules to take a bath in beer, mm. but like, don't <laughs> spill your beer in the bath. That'd be. I, I mean, or or do bathe in beer, you know, bathe in whatever, beer, you know, it gives you there that musky are, scent. There are Japanese water parks dedicated to like wine, like you can get like a wine bath. Mm. What? Yep. Just don't wine let your bath. skin get pruney. Uh, Was that? D- damn, damn it, Robert! Just, <laughs> I, I just did I miss a reason to make a now? pun, guys? We were so close, guys. Stop! We were, fuck. You're under arrest. <laughs> Pun police. Hands right, in the well, air. This this episode's been great, guys, but uh let's let's move on. I just wanted to say one thing about the lost tape. So we had totally planned on uh covering the last bit of lost tapes. We were so close to the end for opening new doors with lost tapes, hey, you know, the hey. another terrace episodes. Uh so we also watched weeks forty five through forty eight, all those extra episodes. And like we were gonna dedicate a whole episode to it, but real talk, there wasn't much there and it wouldn't have been fun for us or you. They're boring. Um, yeah. And so yeah, we'll link, they're, they're, we'll, they're pretty we'll link them below in the description. So go ahead and check them out for yourself. And we told you so. Welcome back. 
Yeah, hello. We told I mean, you so. Okay, yeah, well, so here's the thing. If, slow. if you are going to watch them, there are a few worth watching just because there are some that are funny. Uh, there's one called His Mouth is Just Like an Octopus's, where, <laughs> the, where the members of Dada Ray make fun of Masao's mouth. And when he his eats, rock star it, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, got, he uh, is the John butt Mayer of mouth. Ev- like, dude, he's constantly getting fucking grilled by his band. <laughs> it's really sad. I hate it. He invites I hate it on himself. It. He says he likes it. And how many times I, did Risako joke about him being fat too during these lost days? Uh, Holy dude, that was, <laughs> it's so passive aggressive. It was just like, dude. I mean, whatever. You're a big guy, whatever. She was way ruder to him than I think he deserved. But he, again, I kind of blame him a little bit because he's like, yo, keep it coming. Keep those fat jokes coming. Yeah, I can't fit in Japanese clothes. Yeah, I love it. Keep it coming. Like, he wouldn't, like, rebuff her. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, dude, stand up for yourself. Have a fucking spine. But it wouldn't be a good look for him to be like, hey, Uh, I'm upset. Yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't so, say that, but I mean also like don't invite it. Don't don't encourage it onto yourself, you know. So and with the bandmates, I would say he kind of encourages it, but with Risako, I felt like that was more especially the with the clips we saw of them, uh, it felt a lot more like a tete a tete, you know, they were kind of bantering and joking back and forth. I remember watching especially the scene with them, uh, where they both have a day off finally and then they go to Sasa, we get to see Tomio and it's really great. Um in that scene, I thought this makes it look like maybe there's a chance between Risiko mm. and Masao, like them actually ending up together. If they had put just that scene somewhere in the last few episodes leading up, it would have been the perfect wrench to throw in because everything before then, uh, we were all kind of on the same page of they're not going to end up together. Risiko's going to say no. Yeah, fair warning, small edit rant incoming. But if they they could have easily just fit the scene in the fucking show, there's no real excuse for it in my opinion. A like, lot of these are like that, yeah. It would have been it would have made their chemistry that much more believable, mm. you know. Because especially towards the end, a lot of the episodes were barely thirty minutes long. Was that the um? Was that the episode, Robert, where she goes, "You don't want to lose weight, do you? Or you're not trying to lose weight, are you?" Or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. it's that where she asked, and she's kind of like, "Oh, but it's kind of part of your personality." Yeah, but he's sitting there uh, eating rice. He was giving him shit, or she was giving your him personality rice. is to be overweight. Nice, thanks. I don't know. It's a sore spot for me. I'm not like Japan. This, though, I guess Japan be like that a little bit. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Oh yeah. As soon as like people people make fun of like fat shaming is a thing <laughs> in Japan for sure. Yeah, so. it is for sure. But then on the weird thing, you have the sumo culture too. So it's like a weird yeah. thing. Although there you just watch fat people do for sport. So, I mean, is that really much better? I, I don't know. I'm no can of man. I don't know if I go down that path right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, there's so just a lot of Risa. I mean, maybe that's why they cut it, because they didn't want a lot of footage of uh, Risako making fun of him for being fat. I don't know. I, I, th- I thought he took it well in stride. And for me, it kind of sold this idea of they kind of do work well together. I totally understand why they're good friends or why they would be good friends if he didn't chase her till the end of the earth. Man, he was <laughs> the inf- ends of the earth. He was infatuated. He was in it to win it. And, and it is refreshing, though. Another thing. I mean, how many times did we talk about the bad advice he got from Enon about so, tell her over and over again that you like her and how problematic that is? And then in this lost tape, one of these, we find out that he actually retorted that like yeah maybe that's not a good idea don't do that like at least i was like okay there's some common sense there right when him said don't do that anymore that's that's not a good way to go that's not gonna work exactly so i was glad to see that 
But yeah, all in all, most of these lost tapes, I don't really think it's worth deep diving into them. I think the discussion no. we just had was it's pretty much it. Uh, a majority of it. Yeah, we didn't yeah, talk yeah. about the best part yet, though. Go. Daily, you were bringing up earlier. Oh, so the I thought the best one was actually Maya Kaito and Masao sitting around the table and they had a couple of the magazines that Risiko is featured in and they were just like essentially like making stories behind mm. the meaning of like her expressions. What her oh, face what's, like, she, what's she saying here in this one? Yeah, what's yeah. it's like oh she's saying like okay and it's like oh like and even Kaito like flipped his hair and was like okay. Yeah, like, oh my god. It was so good. I, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen anyone laugh so hard on this show before. Yeah, Kaito <laughs> lost Kaito his was shit. in tears, dude. He yeah. lost his shit. That was I mean, a highlight. Yeah, I I feel like that one should have been in the show too only cuz Enon oftentimes would tell uh would tell Masao, "Hey, you're the funny man." But you got to stop being the funny man, or else you're always going to be the funny man, right? The yeah, he's always the butt. He's always the yeah, butt. And but well, yeah. My point was they, you know, we always get these things of people saying, "Oh, Masao is the funny man," but we don't really get enough clips, I think, to justify, "Oh, he is funny." But yeah. that alone in the show would have sold it to me. Like, yeah, he's hilarious. He's pretty funny. And to circle back, I guess, to Maya and Kaido. I really, truly, honestly think their favorite activity as a couple was to troll Wada because they do it so much, especially the last episode of the series. Like, oh, she she said no. Oh, you got turned down. Oh, they were just lose. They were laughing so hard. They just like troll him so hard in terms of how much he loves Risako. And it's like that was illustrated here, too. And it's just like, man, like it's like to me, it's like borderline bullying. But again, Wada is laughing with them. So he's trying to enjoy it and take it in stride. Um, but I, mean, I just, it, to me, it just comes across as just mean-spirited. I don't know. Well, also consider that pretty much for the entire time Masao was in the house, his identity was the Risako lover. Mm. You know, when oh. that becomes he, a part of your identity, it's like, that's yeah, an easy thing to latch it. onto. Right. That, I mean, that did take up a lot of the mind share of both the viewers and the housemates about who Masao was. Mm. Right? It just, I mean, because that's a lot of what you talked about in the parts of the show in which we saw Masao on screen, that was a lot of, that's pretty much mostly what he talked about. Yeah. Yeah. That you and know? cooking. That, yeah, and cooking. I mean, he really didn't even talk about songwriting or anything that much, mm. if at all. Right. Um, I don't know, guys. I've got nothing else for these lost tapes. Yeah, I'm blanking, man. I think that, I think that pretty much wraps That's about it. I mean, yeah, up. go watch them if you want to be just a, you know, a opening new doors completionist. But like I said, there just isn't enough there to, for us for to bite down on and like dedicate a whole episode. So rather than try and, you know, piecemeal one together for you, we just wanted to touch on this. Say we did and hit up the highlights. Right. Um, we, we want to at least say we watch them so we can get the platinum trophy at the end. Achievements. Achievement hunters. We are getting towards the end of opening new doors coverage on the Tadamai oh, yeah. show, too. Uh, yeah, we're so yeah, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up opening new doors. I mean, as you know, the show itself ended what feels like years ago now, um, but it's <laughs> over. Uh, Tokyo 2019-2020. I kind of want to say just Tokyo 20, Tokyo 1920. I don't know, guys. Tokyo. We, need, we need to workshop T something. TTNTT oh is what it is. I, I veto with. that one. It's not TTNTT. <laughs> it's not like Tyrion Lannister. It's not up for you to decide, man. But Teenage yeah, Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm, I'm waiting yeah, for I'm like the. That. I'm waiting for like a Square Enix naming convention for the next series. Like, 
Terrace House, a fragmentary passage, two point eight HD remix, Tokyo. A fragmentary share house. Yeah, Tokyo Shinjuku, twenty twenty one remix. I don't know what. What is Reddit calling it? They gotta have something, right? I've been avoiding it because I didn't want to spoil. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Spoilers because TTNTT. I think I just say it enough. Nope. Nope, yep. I don't like it. AT&T. Anyway, um, I guess what we're talking ever. about, Tokyo 192020, uh, we're not going to be covering that until it comes out on uh, international Netflix. You know, We're aware of certain ways to watch it. We just don't want to break Netflix TNC. Uh, so we're going to keep on sailing forward until, what, late July, August-ish, whenever it finally drops internationally. There's still a lot of juicy, juicy Terrace House talk to be had, even though we are mm-hmm. concluding our opening new doors coverage. There's a lot of stuff that happened on Netflix episodes of Terrace House that's available in English-speaking countries right now for right. us to delve into. That's what we're going to do. Yes. So our schedule is what we're looking at here. Uh, obviously, you're listening to the Maya Kaito After the House episode right now. Uh, next week, we are going to drop our final opening New Doors episode. So sad. Uh, and we're going to talk about something that we're all really excited, actually, to discuss. So keep your ears out for that. It's going to be a very fun episode. A good way to, I think, put a pin in opening New Doors for the Tadaima roster. And then after yes. that, we're going right into... Boys and girls in the city. We're hitting up Tokyo, but for a different reason, y'all. It's yes. going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a good for time. A different already. reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> different. We're going back in time into Tokyo. This is my third time watching this series of uh, Boys and Girls in the City, and man, I'm catching stuff uh, now that I didn't catch the first few times. So it, we're yes. going to go. We're going to go ham. Yeah. Um, I have very different opinions than. Mm. I was kind of when I started watching it. I was like, "This is not the show that I signed up for." <laughs> Yeah. So, really? get shit, ready for some hot undone. takes, y'all. Boys yeah, and Girls so. in the City is a trip. So, the way we're going to approach it, by the way, if you want to watch it with us, probably start watching it now, honestly. Uh, we're not going to do episode-by-episode episode breakdowns. That would take too long for us to get through before Tokyo 2020 drops. Plus, right. we just and don't think it would be valuable for you guys either to listen to it that way. Right, yeah. and most of us have seen mm-hmm. the entire series before, so we wouldn't want to, like, fake it to you guys to act like we hadn't. Exactly. You know. So, uh, yeah. start watching it now. We're going to break it down mostly by major arcs. Basically, we're going to cover big events that we think are worth covering. We're going to focus an episode per major event. And, yes, do not worry. The meat crime will for sure be an episode. Oh, yeah. Um but yeah, that I think wraps us up for this week's episode of Tadaima. If you enjoyed what we did here today, please, please spread the word. Tell a friend. Get them to join the Terrace House family. It's a lot of fun. It's very crazy and very wild. Um, if you don't want to tell a friend, maybe consider leaving us a written review on iTunes. It means a lot to us. It helps us out, increases visibility. You know all the spiels if you listen to podcasts. We're... We're just like every other one that says it, right? Right. And um, it also gives something for Jack to read. Hell yeah. Jack. <laughs> Is that my cue? We are yeah. going to be reading, guys, um, uh, iTunes and uh, Podbean and wherever else, Overcast, anywhere you're leaving reviews for our show. We really appreciate that. And please um, consider leaving us a review. If we add any value uh, or entertainment to your life, we, it would really help us out. And so to further incentivize you guys, we are going to start reading these reviews live on the air of this recorded show. So uh, 
Yeah, this episode is from If Yan Can Cook, So Can You. It's called Glad This Exists. There are many Terrace House podcasts on the internet, but I still feel like the show is a niche thing. So I'm glad there's another outlet for people to talk about the show. It's so cool that when Terrace House goes on break for international viewers, Tadaima finds an angle to discuss. Keep up the good work. If Yan Can Cook, So Can You. Thank you very much for that awesome review on iTunes. And yeah, guys, let's uh, let's uh, build up some more reviews and help us out with the show and, and grow in the audience. Thanks again. Now I feel like I can cook. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cook up a good review. Yeah, and and also though, for real, thank you for that review. That means a lot. Um, one of the things we were trying to think about when we were brainstorming the show is what are we going to do in the off season? Because there are times where we don't get episodes in America, right? Um, but we like to think that our solution is very fun and entertaining for you. Hopefully. That's the Hopefully. idea, anyways. Fingers crossed. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> well, let us know it's not. We want to know if it's not. Yeah. yeah, let us know yeah. in the reviews or email us. Yeah, that's right. You can email us at questions at terracehousepodcast.com. Shoot us any questions, comments, uh, things you want to tell us about our show, any critiques, any praise, any and all of that stuff. Uh, catch us next Tuesday for our opening new doors finale. This has been Tadaima. Thanks for listening. Itekimasu. TTNTT. TTNTT. No. TTNTT. No. TTNTT. Yes. TTNTT. It's not going to catch on. It's coming. You can email us at questions at terracehousepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at Tadimagram, on Twitter at Tadimapod, and check us out on Facebook and YouTube at Tadima, a Terrace House podcast. Mm. I, <laughs> were you yawning? I couldn't yeah. tell. Okay. I, <laughs> I just didn't want to start while you were mid yawn to bring in this energy of like, hello everybody. <laughs> medium, medium dick energy. Just, <laughs> just like sleep, medium dick. Energy. It's more like sleepy dick energy. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> right. MC sleepy. You know dick. who? Who the fuck goes to a fast food restaurant and orders a medium sized something? I do all the time. I, I do. Yeah. What, okay, what the fuck is wrong with you, Colin? I always get medium stuff. Medium is like I don't know. It's like you either get a small or because you don't care, or it's you get you get a large. You're like what the fuck? Fuck it. What happens when large. you care a little bit, like me? <laughs> what if I have a few fucks to give? Yeah, just a handful of just fucks. What if I have a medium amount of fucks to give? Yeah, dude. It's funny you mention that because I get it because it's like oh, I'm hungry, but I don't want to indulge. <laughs> yeah, the medium thing is like it's kind of strange, like the fucking. And then you have like Biggie size, which I don't think Wendy's has anymore. It's not strange. It's you like know, Colin, why don't you? Why did you give us your Seinfeld esque tight five on <laughs> medium sized fast food orders? Medium What's is literally like medium size. Yeah. <laughs> What's the deal with medium? Well, it's like it's like, dude, like how like you go to a fast food restaurant, and how much more is the large where it's it's like. I'm just going to get the medium instead. I, I know for it's me, it's not about sense more for me. It's not large. about the money or the value. It's about how much of, of this liquid I want to put in my body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many of these fries I want to shove in my gut? Yeah. It's not the cost. It's, I'm not doing it to save food. money. I know. So care. I get the fucking large soda because like the large, the large pop Clearly. dude is just huge. It's, it's really big. And Texas and are even bigger, dude. Go to Whataburger and see a large. It's like a two liter. It's like the size dude, of your head. You think dude, I'm, I'm not going to drink dude. that much fucking Coke? I don't want that it, much diabetes in my body. It's like a two liter, dude. When they give you large, it's ridiculous. How much is the um the the thing Seven Eleven does? Like the gulp or something? The, du- the double big gulp. Yeah. How much? How much is that? Is that a forty? It's like at least a, I think it's a liter. At least a liter, isn't it? Jeez. Liter cola. 
You just hold it in your hand and sip on it like a dumb nah. American. Dude, I used to have fucking football coaches when I was in middle school that would show up with a fucking leader of Mountain Dew in hand while they're coaching us. While we're sitting there, like, busting our ass, sweating our asses off on this bone-dry fucking grassy field that all the grass is practically dead. We're just breathing in dust at this point. You're like, you fucking blowing black snot boogers it's into fucking bowl. Kleenexes after practice. And then Ugh. here's our fucking coach like, yeah, run the formation, choke my Mountain Dew. He's got, the they gotta stay high. hydrated. Unlike you guys, thing. you guys are fine. You don't need to stay. Whatever. He didn't even fucking cool. tie his shoes. He was just sitting there with fucking shoes on and weren't even tied. Because <laughs> he can't. Because he's drinking Mountain <laughs> Dew every day. He can't even bend down to tie his shoes. <laughs> wow. He's wearing Crocs right now somewhere. Yeah, yeah I'm imagine. pretty sure he was dipping too. Oh, God. you're painting a picture. That's for sure, dude. You're painting a picture of the the heart of Ohio. Dude, I, he's Midwest. definitely like one of those guys. He had like the shaved head with like the sporto fucking oh, white God. dad sunglasses, like the Oakleys. I was gonna say with the with the strap on the back, like connecting the. Oh, I think he might have had those. Yeah, that might totally. have been true. But like, like the top, like, and then he had, but he had like the the fucking sunburn marks that were like around the sunglasses on his face. Like, so it was just white around his eyes. What well, was he? An offensive line coach? Oh yeah, fucking knew it. I called it. Yep, called it. Yep. I know, I know guys just like that, yeah. Yeah, his belly almost hanging out the bottom of his fucking old uh, Bellevue Athletic Department shirt. Uh, on my team, there was a coach that would carry around an empty Mountain Dew, um, like, 20-ounce bottle just to spit his chew in. Yep, that, that's my, dude, that was my fucking dad like, for a while. No, daily, and then they carried around, then it's, like, sloshing brown and spitty <laughs> at the bottom. And it's still so what you're talking about, and it's it, like gag and douche. And it's fucking warm oh. and shit and hot. Oh, why don't they just spit it on the ground? Why don't they spit it on the ground? No, I they... hate people Dude, that spit on the ground. Dude, my dad would leave bottles like that in my fucking room, because he would play Xbox <gasps> in my room at midnight while my brother and I were trying to sleep for school the next day. He would just leave fucking dip <laughs> bottles. Are you sleeping? Your dad is like, wait, I gotta play a couple rounds of Halo, boy. No, he's like... playing fucking Call of Duty. Okay. He's sitting there screaming, like fucking quietly screaming at the TV. So Mother you're telling me this man thought, okay, my two sons are napping because they're strong boys. I need to get ready for school and football practice tomorrow. So I'm going to support them. I'm going to be a supportive father by, by killing some scrubs on Call of Duty in their room while dipping. Dude, let, let me let me paint you an ASMR picture. It's like fucking, <laughs> it's like 1 a.m. in the morning, and all you hear is, "What's up, turtle?" <laughs> oh, fucking cunt. <laughs> How big is your room? Like like. So there's... my my room back home was probably. I mean, it was a decent sized bedroom. It was probably about the double the size of the one I have here. I don't know, maybe twenty by twenty. Okay, yeah, I saw it. I like, mean, it had enough for a bunk bed and, you know, enough. Stuff. Oh, yeah. Reject seeing my house. But that's right. But there's no conceivable way that you wouldn't have heard him oh, <laughs> saying yeah, hi to Turtle. And then yeah, that was his online time. friend. Yeah, like, Dude, my like, uncle had a friend named Turtle. That's funny. Yeah, Did he have was, a mud jug? No, he didn't. He would. And the worst part is he would leave these fucking bottles in my room the next day. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dad, it was, and here's the thing. It wasn't like he was wearing a headset. I could hear every sound coming from the TV. It was like, yeah, nothing oh, like falling asleep to the sounds of fucking machine gun fire and explosions, dad. Like, what the fuck? Man, that's funny. You know what? You know what's weird about This should be a tight five for a fucking stand-up routine. 
Because it's a true my, story. My wife grew up in a house full of boys playing Call of Duty and watching football. And somewhere along the way, she like got the Pavlovian response that when she hears those noises, this is when she falls asleep. Now this is nap time. So it actually is relaxing for her <laughs> for me to be killing people in Call of Duty or watching football. Either of those two activities, she goes right to sleep ASAP. It's funny. Mm. And true story. The, like the worst part of it too was that. So my parents thought it was a good idea. So they instead of like actually buying us full-blown gaming chairs they instead bought us those fucking fisher price plastic folding fucking gaming chairs i don't know if you're talking what you know what i'm talking about but they're like hard plastic and not only that they were like our our fucking floor was basically very thin carpet just above hardwood flooring so like Mm -hmm. any small movement you made on that it was like thud 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 so like Mm -hmm. yeah everything like and and they would break in half all the time and it was just, yeah, they were not comfortable at all. My mom was like, yeah, I bought you blankets to throw over these hard plastic chairs because that'll soften the blow, right? I'm like, no. Oh my God. What the fuck is this? This house is a fucking like, this nightmare. Is, this is not how you game. My final question, is that what your dad sat on while chewing Scud and yes. playing Call of Duty? Yes, he's over here sitting in a fucking chair for five-year-olds dipping plastic. and playing Call of Duty and yelling at fucking kids telling he's going to fuck their mom. Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> 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 Your dad would my dad little kids. I, I hope we just put this out and my dad listens back to this. You make him sound like uh, bad Santa, dude. Yeah, <laughs> hi, hi, Mr. Sparling. Listen, I we fucking love, you. love my dad, but my dad just has certain quirks about him that it's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, what? Let's like, discuss what them all doing? now. <laughs> Let's like, hear all. My dad, he was a great dad by and large, but like, dude, he just has those certain things that was just like, why? Why are you like this? <laughs> Why are you like this? So many gears are spinning in Daly's head right now, it looks like. Anyway, sorry, that was my uh, that was my rant for the day. Thank you we for can, coming. We can, to we can talk Collins about TED Talk. We can Sounds like you have some issues with your parents. You need to work out, man. <laughs> Is this like your dad therapy corner right now? Just psychoanalysis? You guys are my only friends, I'm sorry. For- <laughs> Thanks for the memories, Dad. Thanks, Dad! <laughs> Now, Dale, I left you $20 on the counter for wings or for pizza. But, Dad, what if I want wings? You don't need wings. It's not enough, Dad. <laughs>